story more more accurately than than uh, than really read it from the scriptures. But I'm going to do my best to share it. But in Acts 16, 16, we find Paul and Silas, and they're praying from prison. And we know the effects that their powers had and how powerful their prayer was and how powerful the answer was. But as we, this is a reminder, let us refresh our minds as I go through this story. And it starts in Acts 16, and the story starts out with Paul and Silas and, and Luke and Timothy, and they're headed out to pray. They're going to pray. That's what they were, were their mission was for that morning was to go and pray and they were going along, and while they were going along, a servant girl met them, and she had a special spirit inside of her, and she, um, she earned a lot of money from her owners by telling fortunes. And this girl followed Paul and, and the others, and, and she said loudly, these, these men are servants of the Most High God. They are telling you how you can be saved. Imagine that. The demon was proclaiming that the gospel was being presented. Isn't that something? She kept this up for many days, and this really bothered Paul. So he turned and said to the Spirit, By the power of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And immediately the Spirit came out. The owners of the servants saw this. These men uh, knew that they could no longer use her to make money, so they grabbed up Paul and Silas. And they dragged them before the, the city rulers in the marketplace there. And here, here they brought Paul and Silas to the Roman rulers and said, These men are Jews, and they're making trouble in our city. They are teaching things that are not right for us Romans to do. And the crowd joined in attacking them. And the Roman officers, they tore their clothes and they, of Paul and Silas. And they had beat them with rods again and again. And, and after beating them so severely, and, and they threw Paul and Silas. Now, this whole time I'm wondering, where is Luke and where is Timothy at? What happened to those two guys? I don't know. We, this, the Bible doesn't tell us, but, they, but it says they were there in the beginning. If you read from the beginning of Acts uh, 16, you'll know that, that Luke and, and Timothy were there along with them. But I don't know what happened to these guys, but it's Paul and Silas that get beaten. They're the ones that get thrown in jail. And why Silas? It was Paul that cast out the demon. But I tell you what, God sends everybody in, in twos, places he wants them to go. You need to keep that in mind when you're going out and sharing the gospel. It's better to take a buddy with you. And the jailer was ordered to, to throw those guys into jail and keep them tight and keep them careful, keep them locked up. And when he heard this, he put them in the deepest, darkest part of the jail. He put them down in the, in the, in the bottom of the jail in the, in, the, in the places where they couldn't get out of. They would have had to gone through many doors, many gates and, and everything else. And on top of that, he pinned them down with large blocks of wood top of their legs put them in the stocks now we're getting ready to read a, one of the most powerful verses in this in this in this text in this scripture right here and i want you to think about this where is it that your place of prayer comes from where is it that you are praying from today what's going on in your life that's got you praying to begin with or are you just praying because you know that's what you're supposed to do well they Paul and Silas' feet were locked in the stocks. They were, they were pinned down. They were, unable to, they were unable to move themselves from their position they were in, probably laying on their, on their rear end, and they had these, these stocks over their legs. So they were unable to get up and kneel in prayer. But they started praying from that position where they were in. They were in the middle of their suffering. They had just been beaten and, with rods, and, and their bodies were blue, bruised, and they were bloody, and, and they were just beat up and tore up. Yet they prayed and they praised and they sang. So again, where is it? Is that place that your prayer is coming from? Where are you at in your 
prayer tonight. And in that verse that we get to, verse 16, now it happened as we went to pray. Well, let's see, that's, we, that's where we started. But verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to the God, to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. We don't know exactly what songs they sang. But we have some clues from the early church writing. It was probably some songs from the Psalms and probably some prayers from the songs. And I've just chosen two of them tonight. And one of them, I think, may have been one of them that they actually did sing from some of the deep study I've done about this scripture right here. But, but the first thing I want you to, to, to remember, they were praying. They prayed first, then they sang the songs. So, so Psalms 86 is such a great psalm. And it says this right here. Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life. Now, what kind of prayer wouldn't want to start out like that if you were locked up, been beaten, and in prison, thinking you were going to die? Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life. I am holy. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Can you hear Paul and Silas praying this prayer right here? I can hear them praying it really loud. Be merciful to me, O God, O Lord, for I cry to you all day long. Rejoice the soul of your servant. Boy, what do you think came after they prayed that little line right there? You think some joy filled their hearts maybe? For you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to my voice of supplication. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. There it is again, folks. We heard it in Jeremiah here a couple weeks ago, Jeremiah 33, 3, where, when God says, call on me, I will answer. Here it is again, for you will answer me. David says, you will answer when I call upon you. Thank you, Harold. Thank you. That is an amen moment right there. When, God, when we call on God, he will answer us. Among the gods, there are none like you, O Lord, nor there any works like your works. All nations whom have made you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great, and you, are, you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Talk about it pumping up God. I bet God was just all excited when he was hearing his prayer, don't you? Don't you just think that God was, man, these guys, are they're, they're nailing it. But that's our God's not a boastful God. He's just God, right? Oh, Lord. And it says, it said there, let's see, let me find where I was at. All the nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. You are great and you do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all of my heart. And I will glorify your name forevermore. For greatly is your mercy towards me. And you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Oh, God, the proud have risen against me, and the mob of violent men have sought my life. Boy, don't you think that them boys were praying that right there? They've sought our life, God. What are you going to do about this? And have you not yet set before them? But, oh, but you, oh, Lord, are a God full of compassion 
and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in mercy and truth. Oh, turn to me and have mercy on me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and have comforted me. Can you not see Paul and Silas praying this prayer from Psalms? They probably knew it. Paul, Paul was well-educated man. He, he knew it. Silas was a well-educated man. He probably knew this psalm. They probably knew it by heart. And they were probably thinking, they remembered that. Boy, I'm going to pray this prayer right here because this right here, this right here is the prayer that God wants to hear me pray to him. When I'm in my situation, no matter how bad it is, God wants me to pray this kind of prayer right here. You know, this it seems to be the appropriate song or prayer to be praying. But here's, here's probably the appropriate song that they sang right after they got through praying. And it comes out of Psalms 96. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His wonders among the people, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the people are idols. But the Lord made the heavens, honor and majesty are before him, strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give to the Lord, O families of the people, give to the Lord and strength, give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts, O worship the Lord in beauty and in holiness, tremble before him all the earth, say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world also is firmly established. It shall not be moved. He shall judge all the people rise. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the seas roar and all, with all of its fullness. Let the fields be joyful and all that is in it, then all the trees in the woods will rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming, for he is coming to judge the earth, and he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Can you imagine them singing that song right there? Could you imagine? All the prisoners, it says, were listening. All of them were listening. Even the guard outside was probably listening. That old Philippian jailer, he was probably listening. So where is it? that your place of prayers are coming from right now. Are you in prison? Are you in chains? Are you burdened down with something? What is the place that your prayers are coming from right now? As Christian joy comes from within, it doesn't depend on our outward circumstances, does it? It comes from within us, and that's where their joy was coming from that night when they were lifting up prayer and song and praise to the high and mighty God. Persecution, pain, sickness, disease, cancer, or even death cannot destroy true peace and true joy. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have a true peace and you have a true joy inside of you. You have that inside of you. But sometimes, you know, we pray from a place. We pray from our circumstances or we pray from our selfishness. We pray from those places most of the time. I'm sick. I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I need you to help me, God. But as you 
as we read these two psalms right here, did you see any selfishness in those? No. No, we don't pray from a place of selfishness. We pray from a place within ourselves because that's where Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, lives. We pray from that place right there. Then true worship, true praise is going to come out and true prayer is going to come out. And our prayers are going to be answered. James writes this right here. Count it all joy, my brother, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. What a word that is. That let steadfastness have its full effect effect that you may be perfect and complete man that is that is a that is something that we need to strive for we just need to strive for the steadfastness and let that steadfastness have its full effect because when that happens we're going to be perfectly complete in what the lord wants us to be it suggests that we grow in our faith through our right relationship with god so that that we may Say at the end of our journey, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And with that, we will one day hear those great and mighty words. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful one. Enter into your joy. Well, don't we all long and wait to hear those words? Well done. Well done. You know, I believe that when we pray, we need to be looking for our prayers to be answered. We need to be looking for miracles to happen. We need to be looking to see great and expect great and mighty things to take place. We need to look for the, the unexpected to happen. And when, Saul, when Paul and Silas were praying and praising, I don't think they expected what happened next to happen. Do you? And suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loose. Everyone's chains were loose. I don't know how well they built chains back in those days, but I know that most of the shackles and things that were probably just bolts that had to be tightened, screwed together or something. But just think about that. Think about that, that the, the foundations of the prison shook. That the, that the chains were loosened and, and fell off, and all of the doors were opened. All, all of the, the, either the chains, locks, the hardware, whatever was broken, fell off, and the doors were open. Now, I can imagine that Paul and Silas, they wanted out of their pain. They wanted out of their situation. They wanted out of the stocks, and I'm sure they wanted out of that prison. And when... We are in these situations. We look, we need to look beyond, we need to look beyond, way beyond the situation we're in and see the reason why we might be in the situation. There was a reason Paul and Silas was in prison. There was a reason that they were there. And, and, and we, need to, we need to look and see what it is beyond the pain, beyond the chains, to see where God's will and God's plans live. That's how far you need to look. God's will and God's plans. If you read back at the beginning of Acts 16, you'll find that on more than one occasion, the Holy Spirit had forbid them to go and speak in the places that they were traveling through. They were walking through these places in Acts 16, and they, they, were, they were going, well, let's go here. So they went there, and the, and the Spirit said, no, no, this is not where you need to be. You need to go on. So they went to another place, and then they walked through there. And, and, the, and the Spirit of Jesus said, no, 
this is not where you need to be. I need you to go down here. And they went down to this other place, and they ran into a lady named Lydia, and they, and they shared the gospel message with her, and she got saved. And then they went from that place, they went down to, down to this place here, and they were heading to pray, and all this took place. All of this broke out. Instead, God had other plans for them. They had a, he had other places for them to be. And when they went there, people were being saved. But all of a sudden, they found themselves in a bad situation, didn't they? Found themselves in a bad situation. Not because of anything they'd really done wrong. He was just rebuking a, a, an evil spirit, a bad demon spirit that was possessing a girl. And she probably didn't want to be possessed by that spirit. And he cast that spirit out. They got thrown in prison. They got themselves put in a bad situation, not sure of the outcome. They pray and they sing. That's all they've done. They prayed and they sang. They prayed and they sang. In the worst circumstances that we face, God will provide the grace and the strength that we need to endure the bad situation. He will provide the grace and the strength to endure the bad situation, no matter what that place is. Because through these certain uncertain times, his plan and his his plan and his will will reign supreme. His plan and his will will reign supreme. God needs you to be in the place that he puts you. You might want to write that down. God needs you in the place that he puts you. You might not want to be there, and the situation might not be ideal, but the purpose will soon be evident. The purpose will soon be evident. He will make it clear, and he will be glorified through the situation that he has you in. It will fulfill his will and will advance his cause. A great reminder comes from 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, and it says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my infirmities. This is Paul speaking, that, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproach, in my needs, in my persecution, in my distress. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. All of this happened to Paul and Silas, I believe, just so a Philippian jailer would be saved. Well, that's a lot to have happen to two guys, beaten with rods, thrown in prison, in the stockade. Just so a Philippian jailer and his family would come to know who Jesus was and would be saved. We pray and we praise when we're going through something. And we pray and we praise when we're in the middle of something. We pray and we praise. We pray and we praise. Because we don't know this, why we're in this situation, but God does. We pray and we praise. When, you know, when I was explaining to our guys this morning in Sunday school, you know, the sin of this world has put us in most of the predicaments we're in. You can, you can attribute almost all the illnesses, all the sicknesses, all the diseases, all the bad situations you might find yourself in. You could probably attribute to your sin or somebody else's. And then we, when we realize that, and we ask for forgiveness. We ask for repentance. And God sets us into a trial. And he starts testing our faith. He said, well, see how long you can bear this. See how long my grace is sufficient. See how long my strength is sufficient for you. Because that's what he's testing. He's testing your faith. He's going to test it. He's going to test it. And he's going to test it. 
And I have to go back to those words that Paul says when he said that, God, your grace is, is sufficient for me. Your strength is sufficient for me. I am made perfect in my, in, in my weakness. Therefore, I will gladly bear everything I have to bear. I will take pleasure. He says, I'll take pleasure in my infirmities. I'll, I'll take pleasure in my sickness. How many of you in here can sit and say, I will gladly sit here and be sick all the time? I will take pleasure in it. Those are mighty powerful words. In my reproaches, in my needs, in my persecution, in my distress. And I'll do it all for Christ's sake. Are you willing to go that far? If you are, it starts with prayer and praise. Prayer and praise. And I'm going to close with this right here. I'm going to sing one more song. <clears throat> we read that verse out of Habakkuk when we started. That his knowledge would go through the whole earth. The glory of the Lord would be known through the whole earth. And this is at the end of Habakkuk 3, 17 through 19. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit be on the vines, Though the labor of the olives may fail, and the fields yield no food. Though the flocks may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet as the feet of the deer. And he will make me walk on the high hills. Amen. Prayer and praise. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we're praying over the things that have us burdened. That's why we, we come and we join together in, in silent prayer and just pour out our hearts. That's why these altars are up here. That's why I called people who have burdens to, to come and let us pray over you. Because I believe that if we call on God, God will answer. He will answer. And when he does, expect the unexpected. Expect the miracle. Expect the prison doors to fling open. Expect the chains to fall off. Expect to be set free. Because that's what his word tells us. Believe what it says. Believe what it says. Put your faith in him. We're going to, we're going to stand and we're going to sing one more song and close.